What up? Welcome back, Immortal X friends. I'm Cody. I'm Riley. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Technically, Riley in release order, it's only been a week, though. We did one last Saturday. Oh, true. (sighs) But in live time, it's been a hot minute since we've been able to sit down and talk about stuff. That's true. That's true. Um, You probably couldn't tell because of the impeccable audio from last week. Riley and I, uh, we did that one in our car really fast, but we haven't really sat down at a table in a good probably three weeks maybe yeah it's been a little while it's been a while um we were two weeks out from dr strange's release that is that that is correct that feels like so long ago yeah yeah how how naive we were since we've we've been into the multiverse multiple multiverses actually riley i'm changing the script on us we are talking about dr strange and the multiverse of madness today we're also going to talk a little bit about everything everywhere all at once Mm, we're also going to talk a little bit about hickman's run on avengers new avengers leading up to secret wars because it's kind of hard i think to talk about what we want to talk about with dr strange or everything everywhere without talking about those books yeah we'll hit dr strange for sure we'll hit dr strange for first and then we'll talk about multiverses let's talk about multiverses let's talk about dr strange let's enjoy um riley I thought of a new thing that we could start with every time we start our episode. All right, hit me with it. What are you currently reading? Ah, that's a good question. Um, Right now, I am currently uh, jumping into Marvel Unlimited for the first time. Welcome. Um, I recently picked up Jason Aaron's Thor, uh, the first volume, Omnibus, and I really loved it a lot. Um, I had read the first few storylines through half of jane foster's mighty thor yeah series and so the omnibus finishes mostly finishes that run uh and honestly considering that at this point in time volume two has not yet even been announced uh i was like you know it might be a solid year year and a half before i'm able to finish this run so i jumped into marvel unlimited i've been reading uh all of Jason Aaron's Thor stuff using a reading order. So I am currently in the middle of War of the Realms. That's been pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. It's not like my favorite thing in the universe, but I really love Russell Dodderman's artwork. I think we mentioned that when we talked about Hickman's X-Men book. We did, yeah. Some of his stuff, but... Dodderman's great. Dodderman does a lot of... He does the whole Mighty Thor Jane Foster run, and then he does the... uh, the primary issues of War of the Realms, and those are just so pretty and colorful, and I love them a lot. This is kind of like a Obi Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker moment for me, where I gave you those books you did. originally, and now you have surpassed me mm. in knowledge and skills, and I'm I'm very proud. I'm proud of you for Thanks. embracing not even the dark side, but the Asgardian Yggdrasil, mm-hmm. the Tree of Life, and and going further ahead. It's very fun when you when you eventually get there. I think you're really gonna. Like I'm excited. It. I'm excited to check it out. There's on... some moments that I know you'll be texting me about. Amazing, like, dude, this was great. Yeah, can't wait. What uh, about you? What are you reading? Right I now? am rereading. I think inspired by all of our all, all of our multiverses and uh, our Hickman <laughs> retrospection on on X Men and the first era of Krakoa. I've been rereading uh, Hickman's Avengers, New Avengers, and and mm-hmm. eventually Secret Wars. So I'm about I'm almost done. I'm I am on the last volume of new avengers before the time runs out arc mm-hmm. that we'll probably talk about quite a bit today yeah um and I'm, I'm i'm loving it i love it so much uh it is it is still probably my favorite yeah um just 
piece of Marvel <clears throat> comic book-ing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. I think overall, it's it's a high. Before we got started uh, recording today, we were talking a little bit about this, and that is probably, like, it's probably not only my top comic story, but in terms of just, like, reading media yeah it's probably like one of the best stories i've ever read from start to finish it's just like non-stop awesome it's a good time beginning to end yeah it's so great and it doesn't that run never felt like it has lulls or low points or you know i'm just i can't wait for this to get back going again because this is you know not the business for me like it is yeah it's it's, solid there's a lot of hits yeah love it Cool. I recommend reading that to a lot of people that have just been like enjoying the Marvel movies. Like, if you want to read something that they're pulling from a little bit right yeah. now, and probably will continue to pull from, oh, you yeah. should read this story. It's so good. It is. It is a little. It is a like I gave it to you. Mm-hmm. I would not give it to everyone. I've tried. Yeah, and and there's it's some. Chewy. It's chewy. It mm-hmm. is a little more. Um, morally gray mm-hmm. and and troubling uh these these heroes definitely go through a little bit more i'd say than our, our their mcu equivalents mm-hmm. um and yeah they're not always like the the sparkly good guys they're not or or being a sparkly good guy is challenged mm-hmm. and forced and it's it's fantastic but let's leave uh the world of comics behind and move from page to the silver screen as we uh, talk about our thoughts on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, Riley, what are your your initial initial reactions to this movie? Um, I have a lot of initial reactions. Yeah, and honestly, like as I begin to ramble here, they may be a little bit contradictory, and I just kind of understand that. Cool, that's, that's how it is. Um, firstly. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness did a lot of things for me that I hoped it would. Okay. Like from from the very like title announcement, I was like, okay, cool. Like yeah. I'm hoping that Doctor Strange, the first film, being so like visually different and weird, um, when kind of sat next to a lot of the other MCU movies, mm-hmm. I was hoping that they would continue down that rabbit hole of getting really strange and yeah. just like bizarre. And I feel like it did that. It did like, that for it, you. It definitely like I also wanted it to be really creepy. And like, it did that for you too. Yeah. When yeah. when things you know started to come out about this movie, and uh, I think originally Scott Derrickson was the director, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he wanted this movie to be more of like a horror film. Yeah. And kind of go and be the MCU's first horror film. Um, I was pumped about that. Like, yeah. I'm not a person who loves horror movies. Like I I don't seek those out Mm -hmm. um but i was hoping that you know the next branch in the mcu was going to be some like creep me out kind of stuff gotcha uh a lot of the things that this version of multiverse of madness did were like the kinds of creepiness that i wanted yeah a lot of this um like not only like the the visuals and the makeup and you have like a zombie strange in the third act and you've got all these like creepy demons that mm-hmm. kind of turn into his like his wings stuff yeah yeah um 
a lot of the like the visuals and stuff really push this movie in in territory of like hey this is a marvel movie but not really for your children yeah. kind of marvel movie and that's the direction i wanted this to go nice um so i i definitely look at this movie with a lot of favor for doing those kinds of things i think going off of that i will definitely say that i do think that all of these phase four movies each project has tried something different um and and the tv shows as well like i would say i think one of the ones that i reacted most poorly to was was hawkeye Mm -hmm. and i think that was because it felt like it wasn't doing anything new Mm -hmm. um versus at the very least like even when like wandavision obviously referenced all of these sitcoms and doing some very cool stuff um i thought that uh loki even though it had some misses for me like overall like it was weird and it, it was, was cool weird. and rewatching some of those after this i was like oh yeah this this holds up mm-hmm. um falcon and the winter soldier like tried to do some political thriller and racial justice discussions which they've not attempted before mm-hmm. um shang chi you obviously had like a throwback to martial arts mm-hmm. and also it was kind of their first real fantasy film mm-hmm. as well um and so spider-man was spider-man but multiverse um and now obviously you get to this which which is yeah i would say like someone who's watched i think a lot more horror than you um there were some you know horror elements and sam raimi director of one of my favorite movies uh evil dead um like he brings he brings that he brings that to this um and so i yeah i definitely feel like they're still experimenting and I, I like that as the promise of phase four as kind of the connective tissue yeah, of, of them. I agree. I was just telling someone the other day that I really respect, uh, especially with multiverse of madness and moon Knight mm-hmm. kind of, I forgot moon about Knight Knight, yeah. wrapping up at the sa- around the same time as Dr. Yeah. Strange's release that like, I really appreciate the fact that Marvel content in terms of like the, the cinematic universe mm-hmm. has been very like bold in its, just like weirdness that they're embracing these really different styles and these very strange stories you know moon knight being a very weird one moon knight weird moon knight um, is is i mean and that one harkens back to like the brendan fraser mummy movies yeah. like that's what that felt like to me i have a lot of respect for marvel in this phase doing all of those things really just going in weird directions um yeah, so I really enjoyed it. I, you know, some of the some of the things about Doctor Strange um, were just really fun. Um, the Illuminati stuff uh, yeah. we'll get into when we kind of discuss Avengers: New Avengers, mm-hmm. Hickman's run. Yeah. Um, but when you start throwing out the word Illuminati, just by the nature of what that means, I just start to get really excited. Nice. And um, yeah, some of the cameos that we had in this movie were super fun. Yeah. Um, if not a little bit disturbing at moments. Um, Yeah, I really, I ended up enjoying it a lot. Um, I will say that I feel like in a different universe, there's a different version of this movie, Mm -hmm. and I really want to know what that version would be like. Gotcha. That this movie, I enjoyed it, but having come out the other side of it it definitely was more to me a wandavision sequel which is cool i adore wandavision i love it so much but this felt more like a 
WandaVision sequel movie to me than a like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You know, that it, it like it feels like there was probably at, at, at one point or another like a completely different movie. Yeah. And they decided like, hey, what if we, you know, kind of put mm-hmm. Wanda in here and instead of her being like a like a buddy cop team up with Doctor Strange to solve all these wonky problems. Yeah. Like, why don't we, you know, turn her into a villain here and, and kind of do this whole thing? And, okay, I, I didn't mind it. Yeah. But I feel like there's probably a different script out there in the world that'll never be seen, and I kind of would love a chance to read it. Totally. I... I think you reacted more positively to this movie than I did. I think as someone who also really adored WandaVision, I think that it took me a little longer to accept that we were going to watch Wanda's character arc be corrupted by a book and turn her on a, like, honestly, the most murder spree that we have seen a Marvel villain on probably since like Hella slattering all of Asgard. Oh yeah. Um, this is up there. I think Wanda now probably has obviously Thanos dusts people, all that, but Wanda might have the single highest like her physical body, body count. count. I yeah. think I think between uh Kamertage and the Illuminati scene alone, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty high. And I think once I, I watched it with Leslie, my wife, and I, I could see her like not being thrilled very early on as we were like, Oh man, I think Wanda's the villain and um, which totally go for it. Like some of the best stuff is when you have a hero turn and they try to double down on it later on. Like, Oh look, the dark holds really bad guys. Like it, it's bad for Steven too. But I think it took a little too long to get there yeah. um, in regards to like Wanda just killing people. Yeah, the seeds probably weren't yeah. planted quite. I early don't think enough. it was like I. If I were, if I were Jack Schaefer, the Wandavision writer and showrunner, I'd be a little upset with what Michael Waldron, the screenwriter of this, did. Um, I feel like by the end, it feels a little earned. I just think that there was a few little tweaks that could have even added to some more multiversal weirdness, mm-hmm. where we still have Wanda at the center of this with Strange, um, that I would have liked to to see a little more but also i will say i did totally call the like america chavez plot football of it all a few weeks ago in our like what's gonna happen episode so i'm feeling pretty good about that i'm glad to know some some screenwriter instincts still kick in there well done um i this has some of my least favorite and least impressive scenes of the marvel cinematic universe and some of my favorite Okay. Um, I, I feel like I started liking this movie more as it went and kind of embraced the, honestly, the campiness and silliness and kind of winkiness of it as it went. Mm-hmm. So the first couple scenes where um, Wong and Strange and America are fighting against the squid eye monster, mm-hmm. I feel like that was some of the worst like green screen CG and like obvious use of Atlanta, Georgia sets okay. for New York that I've ever seen in one of these movies. And that was, that was a little jarring. I was like, Oh gosh, like, is this <laughs> Sam Raimi? Like, well, is this what we're in for? Um, and then I really feel like once, once the Wanda slaughterhouse begins, that's where I'm like, Oh man, I'm so upset. Wanda's doing it. But also like, this is really fun to watch. Sure. Um, and so from there on out, I was, I was fairly invested 
Um, there's some things that felt, it felt like an older movie at times. It felt like a movie from the era of Spider-Man 2 and X-Men 2. Um, it felt, which Raimi's obviously from a superhero filmmaking of that generation. Um, but I think it works best when it embraced kind of that invincible level of bloody superhero violence mm-hmm. where you have characters getting cut in half by their own shields, where you have people unraveling, where you have my favorite scene ever, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I feel like once it did that, it was fun and enjoyable. And I definitely left. Uh, Riley has been witness to this before, but when Leslie and I go to movies, uh, we'll look at each other when it's over and we'll like, like a Roman emperor, we'll stick our, our hands out with the thumb, like right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go three, two, one. And we will either lower or raise our thumb to say how we thought about the movie. And I definitely ended it with the thumb at kind of like a, a a 60, 75%. Nice. Versus a nice uptick versus the, the captain Marvel reaction, (laughs) which was, I will add accompanied by a fart noise. There was a nice, Wow. Oh man. The thumb went very, very straight down. But I I will stand by that where it's like I would much rather watch four Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness where they are being weird, where they are being bizarre, than like the safety net that was Captain Marvel that just felt like the safest paint by numbers movie. It's the same reason why I don't really like the first Doctor Strange that I know you just spoke so fondly about. But I'm like, oh, I get it okay like i did not start liking cumberbatch's doctor strange until he appeared in thor ragnarok okay and and then i'm like oh cool he's a really great mentor or side character Mm. which i think even like you kind of said even in this movie like he kind of ends up as a mentor side character in his own film right which whatever but like even the stuff that you and i like i think it's hard to do a solo doctor strange I, yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that could he... be true. I think the solo Doctor Strange movies are their outlet to like let's do all of the really really weird stuff that it might is. not be super possible in a Captain America movie or something. Yes, and he's an um, avatar for that. And yeah, he gets and to be cool. Like, all right, but you're right. Like Doctor Strange generally, um, you know, and I know that there's plenty of Doctor Strange comic runs out there. You know, that are at least semi well received. Um, so I know that he can be like the central character, but in all of the things where he's, I think our most favorite, yeah. he really thrives as a side character. It's when he's playing off of others. It's mm-hmm. when he's diving deep into magic. It's when he's selling his soul yeah. where it's like, Oh, this is, this is cool. And so I yeah. think that's really hard where you have a story where it is like him trying to get over his arrogance or, or over that, which this double down on. And I really think tried to show like, kind of exciting when you get to see him read from the blood bible it's kind of excited when you get to see him be like nah i need to sell my soul to do this and i do um i do with all of that in mind respect the filmmakers in their attempts to you know make a doctor strange movie in which there's a balance of like all this darkness but he's also a good guy and all this stuff like that's a really tricky line to to follow Especially when you have moments in the comics in which Doctor Strange does sell his entire soul to try to get more power in order to save the world, sure. But, you know, he literally sells his entire soul to the devil in order to do it, you know. There's a moment, I don't remember exactly where it's from, 
but there's a moment in the comics where he's speaking with Wong as he's about to do something. And it yeah. could be in Hickman's Avengers. I just don't remember at this point. Um, but he asks Wong, am I a good man? And Wong says no. Yeah. Like immediately, like without any kind of thought with about no it. With no hesitation. He's like, and no. And it's tricky, you know, when you have a character as like, you know, I will do whatever I have to do yeah. in order to, you know, save New York, save the world, save mm-hmm. the universe, whatever it might be, like, it's difficult to make that character like a straight protagonist when completely he has to do so much morally gray stuff. So with that being said, I thought he, with all that being said, I, I actually, I really like, I thought he was a fine protagonist like mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish that he had to deal with, so let's, let's just talk about the Illuminati. I feel like yeah. this is the big thing. So at some point, uh, America Chavez on the run from uh, Wanda trying to steal her powers her and Steven punch mm-hmm. into a uh, very green earth mm-hmm. um, where eventually they come across the Sanctum Sanctorum and run by this earth's version of Carl uh, Mordo who takes them and drugs them and takes them to see the Illuminati, which he is a part of. Um, Illuminati, obviously the secret cabal of individuals who, who kind of have pulled the strings of the Marvel universe since, since the very beginning in the wonderful Bendis retcon during New Avengers originally. Um, it's obviously super fun. We see some some variants of, of characters that we know. We see some callbacks to Patrick Stewart's Professor Xavier, the fan casting of John Krasinski as Mr. Reed Fantastic Richards. is there. Um, how, how did you feel as, 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 a, as an Illuminati fan, Riley? Um, Firstly, I was just so excited to hear that the Illuminati was going to be part of this movie. Um, and Black Agar Bolt again. Black Bolt. I can't believe I just yeah. left him off my list. Um, I was so excited that they were going to do a version of the Illuminati. Yeah. If this isn't, you know, I have a, a feeling that the Illuminati will definitely return as a, like, entity. Yeah. Uh, if not, you know, the, mm-hmm. the version that we saw from this other universe. But, um I loved the the characters that they decided to go with for this. Totally, um, very fun casting, fun yeah, seeing some of those it, those variations on characters we know. Yeah, and you get the like the audience roars when Krasinski shows yeah. up. You know, um, when uh, you know, I know you and I will definitely <laughs> share this feeling as Professor Xavier you know begins speaking and comes out with his his hover chair his hover chair uh, yeah and they play the theme from the 90s animated x-men show my uh a couple of friends and i who recognized the the music yeah. cue that played at that moment all just gasped <laughs> loudly um you know and then to say nothing about you know peggy carter as captain britain you know yeah. and, and doing some of those kinds of things it's just super fun um and just like you know, like we talked about, this is the kind of movie where they can go in these really bizarre directions for five minutes. Um, for five minutes, but I do, I I do appreciate the fact that they were only in there for a moment. Yeah. That, um, ultimately, the Illuminati is kind of defined by its own arrogance. You know, um, we can solve all the problems without any kind of help because we're the best in the world and uh, you know these do kinds you, of like do you vibes. feel like that arrogance was demonstrated enough 
I don't think it was demonstrated enough. No, for for an average, I haven't read any of yeah. these comic books like a, a moviegoer. Like they they might not pick up on that. But I don't. For me, I don't works. think they seemed very arrogant, and mm-hmm. I think part of that is because they were all super likable cameos mm-hmm. that they. I, and I really feel like the arc of Stephen Strange coming to terms with his own arrogance would have landed much stronger if if he realized and called out the arrogance in this Illuminati Mm, yeah, or just realize. And I, and I don't think it happened instead. It was like, no, you don't understand. She's coming. Like, but even like Xavier helps him, right? Like he fights Mordo and he, but even with Mordo, it's not based on like, you're arrogant. Just like me. It's like, you were jealous of me. So it's just like, I don't know. I feel like that scene, if that arrogance was even more present, it could have been like, Oh, cool! This is really this is really neat. But I feel like they also wanted the cameos to be likable and cheerworthy moments, sure. so they weren't going to double down on this is why you're wrong, you ignorant fool. Yeah, I definitely think that's fair. I yeah. I do agree. Like that could have been a really nice connection to Strange, kind of coming full circle in recognizing that he has this whole side of him that you know at least used to be extremely mm-hmm. arrogant. That probably would have been a much better uh, stepping stone to take. Um, I did appreciate that, um, you know, having seen Wanda slaughtering people already for the past hour, um, knowing how big of a threat she was yeah. and them just kind of playing her off like, you know, we beat, we killed Thanos, you know, like we're good. We're good. Yeah, it's, it's easy. She's, she's not a big deal. We'll, we'll take care of your witch for you. I really liked the idea too that, um, I, I, don't know who to give credit to but i read something online where there's a theory that was positing that's like this version of these people didn't fear their wanda Mm. on like her power set because Mm. they didn't have to see her destroy thanos or vision or anything like that so they don't know it and she didn't go through her own westview hex so they had no idea versus strange and that's why they went out and i know reed richards has gotten a lot of flack from like black bolt can destroy you wanda and being like why would the smartest man do that but it's like if he didn't fear her and is really just trying to talk down the stay-at-home mom yeah. like yeah he's gonna do that mm-hmm. and i love i loved that that yeah. felt like that that moment of arrogance of like uh you are so not a threat that i'm literally gonna tell you exactly how you can stop us so let's know? bring it to my personal favorite scene um one of my highlights of i it's probably too early to say like all the mcu but it's up there right now. Um, how do you feel, Riley, about this next action sequence of the Illuminati one by one being defeated by Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch? Mm, loved it. So great. Loved it so much. Wonderful. Um, Shocking. A couple of them in particular, like, you know, a person getting thrown into a wall or, a, you know, I don't know. I have texted you multiple times in the past week saying that I think about Black Bolt losing his mouth and then his head exploding and just saying, like, I audibly giggle when I think about that multiple times, which says a lot more about me as a person that I'm like, <laughs> love it. Um, but once that happened and then immediately following that, Reed Richards gets unspooled mm-hmm. like the carpet in Aladdin. Yeah. 
and kind of explodes. Like when you get to the very end of his yeah. like being, you know, ripped into threads, you know, there's a nice little <laughs> pop. There's a pop. There's a few pops. There's it was nice and shocking. It was truly. nice and shocking. Um, Leslie hates Peggy Carter mm-hmm. just as a whole. And so she's always just groaning when she's there. But when the shield got tossed through her, I I saw Leslie like kind of in real time, like forgiving this movie. Just like, wow, <laughs> way to go. Nice. Yeah, it was. How'd you feel about shocking. Patrick Stewart getting his next nap? Pat, poor Patrick Stewart. This is like the <laughs> third, fourth time that maybe, a redhead that has been, killed him. Yeah, that yeah. he's just been totally destroyed by somebody in the in in, his in, films. in trying to do good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, like, I feel like we don't need to go into this now, and because I don't honestly, I don't think I've explored my feelings on this enough. Yeah. But I think there is definitely a discussion to be had that, like, while it was super fun seeing him in a, in a yellow hover chair, you know, with the 90s yeah. animated music and stuff like that, that he had, like, a very perfect send-off in Logan, which mm, came out mm-hmm. a solid eight years ago now Don't or something. That, but um, it did. <laughs> but that film had a perfect send-off for Patrick Stewart's yeah. Professor X. And so... To see yeah, him as like a quick cameo. There is, is a definitely bummer. a discussion to be had, I think, about, like, you know, he pops up for a few minutes, and it's really fun, and yeah. people cheer, and I love it, and, you know, I really love yeah. it, I do. Uh, but, you know, well, did we need it? I don't know. I don't know if we need any of it, um, and I, I, I kind of feel like it's just starting with a lot of these types of cameos. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even saw it in... Like, what's crazy now is the, the cameos can even be of their own stuff. Like, when Daredevil shows up mm-hmm. or Kingpin shows up. Like, we're not even calling back to the X-Men movies. We're calling back to our, their own shows yeah. that they hid for a while. Even though it's like Black Bolt is from the Inhumans TV show. So it's just like... There's an Inhumans TV show? There was an Inhumans TV show, Riley. Where uh, Riley just decided that he wants to break that down episode by episode on this oh podcast. I'm sure I'm going to be doing that alone, though. You're not going to be present uh, I that. will not be there, but Riley says that that's what he wants to do. Okay. In our spinoff series called um, Inhuman Friends. Um, We talked about Doctor Strange for a while. I'm trying to think what, what more we should talk about. Oh, duh. Um, incursions are happening. Yeah. Incursions are happening. That's another nice buzzword. That is, that is, that is a buzzword. That is a buzzword that I appreciated more than the Illuminati calling themselves the Illuminati Mm. or building a nice secret throne room for themselves. Mm -hmm. That seemed a little silly and not like the, not my Illuminati, Uh, but, uh, incursions are happening. Incursions for those uninitiated are from, uh, Jonathan Hickman's legendary run that we, you know, spoke about in length earlier, but uh in the multiverse, the multiverse is dying and two universes are coming into contact with each other and either they both die or one dies because they're able to repel it or destroy it themselves before they can crash into each other. Uh so the incursions are what led to the destroyed Doctor Strange world where the uh, music note battle happened mm-hmm. 
um, that my friend Simon absolutely hates and has texted me about that just as many times as I've texted you about Black Bolt. How did you feel about the music note battle as a, as a musician yourself, Riley? Um, I thought it was weird. Yeah. You know, but that's kind of what I expect when I go into a Doctor Strange movie. Like, you know, maybe a little bit silly, but it wasn't something that, like, I didn't roll my eyes at it. I didn't roll my eyes at it either. I was, that was, that was one of the parts where I was like, honestly, good on Raimi and Danny Elfman. I think it's very imaginative. Like, somebody came up with that as a concept for a battle sequence, you know, versus, you know, we've seen Strange do a whole bunch of weird stuff in Infinity War. Mm -hmm. Um, mirror dimensions and butterflies yeah. and all sorts of weird stuff, you know. So, you know, it yeah, was weird. So and too. what do you want from a battle sequence in a Doctor Strange movie if not something really off in left field, imaginative? Completely. Ooh, I have no problem with it. So we're now in the world of incursions, though, mm-hmm. which means that the multiverse is collapsing. The multiverse that we just learned about. Obviously, we hear about a multiversal collapse and war at the end of Loki. Mm-hmm. with he who remains telling them if you do this this is what's going to happen mm-hmm. seems like he was telling the truth yeah and the multiverse is already actively rebelling what are your thoughts where is this going what do you what do you think about all of it to be honest with you i don't really know yeah um i'm excited by some of these threads that they're pulling that um at least you know the the foundations of some of these threads were were given to us in Jonathan Hickman's mm-hmm. uh, New Avengers Avengers run. Um, the in terms of like where the the cinematic universe is going to go next, I don't really know because yeah. Kang is around in some of Hickman's run, mm-hmm. but he's not like the ultimate like you know we're this is Kang's fault we're fighting yeah. Kang you know so having gone through the last year or so with the you know all right we just finished with thanos and now we're at kang yeah kang the conqueror is going to be our next you know our next thing um to be honest i don't really know they they're setting up kang the conqueror being you know a big bad that's going to last for many many movies and and maybe series i don't know um but like possibly like we've really only seen him for half an hour right. and he talked most of the time. Yeah. And so not, you know, we're not, at least we don't have confirmation that we're going to see him again until the next Ant-Man film. Until the next Ant-Man, which, which is still a while away. I think it's about a year off or something. And if Ant-Man and the Wasp are really fighting what I've built up King to be, it should be a pretty quick movie. It should be. And <laughs> so, so I don't really know. Like if they're going to, you know, this could be, I am, a movie that sets up the idea of yes. the multiverse is dying and, you know, two years from now in real time, they start picking up those threads of, like, Doctor Strange comes and forms mm-hmm. an Illuminati team and says, this happened a long time ago now, but it, it started a cascading effect. Because in the in the comics, there is an event that begins yeah. this whole sequence of events. So maybe this is the MCU's version of that, and we kind of have as the big bad for the next few years in the meantime there's you know? there's kind of three things that i'm a little bummed about with all of this one all of the characters with the exception of a few that are involved in the hickman run of this like don't exist in the mcu anymore right they're either dead or haven't been introduced mm-hmm. and like the torch has already been passed so Obviously, like, Steve Rogers could still be on the moon, mm-hmm. but it's, like, who's he hunting down? Strange and eventually Reed Richard? Like, there's just... 
there's not a lot of those players that I know you and I really enjoy seeing those characterizations that would play off of each other. That is true. Um, I do have, I do wonder, and I know you've got uh, two more on your list, but I do wonder if for a general audience of people, if part of the reason that they went for this Illuminati cameo and stuff in this film is to like, who are these guys? You know, like an average moviegoer who has not watched Inhumans, who has not watched whatever shows or Mm -hmm. whatever, read any comics, if they will walk out of the theater and go and look up these characters and like, who are these people? And this was kind of the like, the soft reintroduction to some of these characters. Totally. And if like us seeing Black Bolt and him having such a memorable moment in this film is you know foggy and company being like okay we're about to like reintroduce you to this character and here's a like you know you're gonna keep this in mind for sure yeah so as or it's just a cameo as we think about you know some of these characters that we love aren't in the mcu yet maybe this was a a kind of like a soft introduction to them before we get like the real version I think it's it's got to be great. I am sure Secret Wars and Illuminati book sales have been like through the roof over the next few weeks. Like, I like the way you say roof. roof, roof, roof. I say roof, roof but you say roof, roof, roof through the roof. <laughs> so the Illuminati books through the roof. Um, but I'm sure there's those sales are so huge. Just like when they introduced Billy and Tommy um, in WandaVision, like Young Avengers copies were going out of print, which had not happened in years. Mm. So stuff like that, it's like, obviously, if this gets people to read comics, awesome. You should read comics, by the way. They're really fun. Also, that's the whole point of this podcast, read comics. Yeah. Um, my second point with all of this is I'm, I'm a little bummed that on this Illuminati council, where they had a p- chance to put whoever they wanted up there um, on this multiversal thing, I, I'm sad we didn't see Namor. I think this would have been a really great opportunity to introduce your Namor casting, yes. which like they used to do. Like, mm-hmm. like we talked, I think we've talked about this before, but like when Hawkeye just showed up in Thor and they're like, guess what? Jeremy Renner's our Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, I miss, I miss that. I miss those good old days instead of us knowing in advance, like who's going to be where. Right. Um, I, I really wish that Namor was on this council. I, I think it would have been a really cool opportunity to see a few other like variations in regards to like, I think it would have been cool to have, um, Shuri or Killmonger as Black Panther on yep. that council. Yep. Um, I also think it would have been a great time to have Kang on that council. And just, mm. I really wish that we just kept seeing Kang casually. Casually mentioned, a casual statue. Even in Moon Knight, we were in Egypt for an entire time and there was no reference of Immortus or Kang that's a bummer like even just in casual passing of sure. of like a hieroglyph showing him like that's all you need to do and i think that's the part that bums me out is it's like or have uh, shang chi or his dad win Wu on the council that's another one that would have been i think very cool that would have been just yeah. shang chi was very memorable i think for me for you and for a lot of people and introduced some pretty like elements that i want to see further explored and so i'm i'm kind of sad that they're that we've not seen any commentary or follow-up to that yet yeah that's right yeah mm-hmm. um especially considering that like you know for people who are like diehard mcu people yeah. that really love these stories and stuff um we've all seen everything mm-hmm. you know but 
there is probably a decent sized population of, of people out there that enjoy Marvel content casually yes. and have not watched the Loki series. Mm-hmm. So for those people, Kang is not a thing at all. Until you like, introduce him that? on the Doctor Strange Council. Like, that's right. what I mean, where it's like, I would love to see some of these characters pop up more and more. Yeah, definitely. So that they are more commonplace. Um, my third, I did. I'm, I'm a little, the, the tag scene for this movie mm. of a very Eternals looking Charlize Theron jumping through a portal on some backlot set yelling for Steven to go into a CG world of microbes was one of my least favorite ways that a Marvel movie has ended um, since Eternals. Um, and I, if that is the future of the incursions, at least for a while, as uh, Stephen Strange and Charlize Theron as Clea jumping through green screens, I think I'll just read my books. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was not my favorite introduction. That was not the random introduction I wanted. Mm. That was a bit of a letdown. Yeah. I did like the second post credits. That was pizza. Papa. Yeah. Perfectly. Sam Raimi. Bruce Campbell. I heard someone saying that the fact that they're not selling pizza, Papa pizza balls at Disneyland already is a crime. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a really like, Disney food. Get on that, please. That's I'm ready for that. I, that would get me to go to California Adventures tomorrow if they had a yeah, a, a, a Bruce Campbell cameo selling pizza balls. Yeah. Pizza balls, the official snack of Immortal X Friends. Well, yeah, we're going to get a sponsored by pizza balls. Um, maybe that's it. Maybe we'll have a YouTube account where we make pizza balls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well. Um, I know we said that we were going to talk about a few other things, but we're already going a little long. So this is part one of, of our multiverse discussion. That's right. I'm pulling a Deathly Hollows. I'm pulling a Hunger Games. I'm pulling a Wicked, recently announced as a two-part film. Boo. Boo. But this is, this is, this is part one of our multiverse discussion. Uh, so tune in next time where we are going to talk about everything everywhere all at once and a bit more uh, multiversal madness. Riley, any closing thoughts? Let us know who you would want on your Illuminati council. Yeah. Send, who would your team be? Send your Illuminati fan cast votes to... It would be six different Iron Mans, all 80s movie stars. Ooh, so you have... I Emilio like that. Emilio Estevez... Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Iron Man. Tom Cruise, Iron Man. What would be awesome is you could still have Michael Keaton as Iron Man, but he's Adrian Toomes. Okay, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe. Um, oh, Jeff Bridges. Put Obadiah Stane in there as Iron Man. Okay, I would want. Um, if we're going just like random people from like eighties yeah. movies, I would also want Matthew Broderick's Ferris Bueller as. Matthew Broderick as Iron Man would be good. Yeah, that'd be very funny. Um. I think who else that's a, that's a pretty good lineup so far yeah eddie murphy eddie murphy put an eddie has, murphy iron man in there yeah. love it ben affleck and ben affleck years just, years just before his due honestly yeah 
He was doing stuff in the 80s, wasn't he? I don't no. think so. No, he was doing, like, Goodwill hunting in the 90s. Yeah, I think so he was, was still, like, like a thing. child in the 80s. Yeah, probably. All right. What do I know? What do you know? I don't know much about Ben Affleck, if you can believe that. I can believe that. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. Well, on that note, Riley and I are going to jump through a CG portal to go solve some incursions. You expected to hear about multiverses, and instead you hear about Ben Affleck. <laughs> the way that all good podcasts should end. Um, bye. Let's read comics. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye.